And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 103, coming at you live this Tuesday evening. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since this is your live call-in show, uh, the numbers for you to dial are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. It's been a couple of weeks. What's going on with you this week, MC? Um, Bitcoin all the way. Let's go all the way. Yeah, I don't know much about it, but the uh, ETF that the Winklevoss twins are working on, it's supposed to get the yay or nay from the the great SEC. Very soon. Uh, This week, maybe by Friday. So hopefully Bitcoin goes to 3,000 or 9,000 or something like that. I don't know. So crypto's always been your area of expertise uh, on the show, MC. So what exactly uh, is the ETF supposed to do for Bitcoin that Bitcoin can't currently do on its own? It's supposed to make it easier for people who have traditional uh, investing habits uh, to get into Bitcoin. Um, So that's the main thing it's going to do. And, uh, of course, then it'll be, you know, taxable and... Uh, not really tradable from the ETF because you won't actually own the Bitcoin. Somebody else will. Um, but it, the main thing to me, what it'll accomplish is it will make BTC more mainstream and more people will view it as a uh, credible uh, way to store value. Um, whether they get it through the ETF, through their employer, or through a savings plan, or whether they just go out and buy the Bitcoin from their neighbor or something. So you know me, MC. I've always been more of a, a hard money collector than the, the you know. Have, I haven't. I'm old school in that. I, I haven't really made the transition into digital currencies too much. Um, so this ETF, if I wanted to compare that to like uh, gold and silver trading. Would this be more like getting a, a gold or silver fund as opposed to collecting uh, the the actual metal itself? Whereas, I, you know, like you said, you're not going to be able to hold the Bitcoin on your own in your own personal wallet. It's just part of the fund. So is it is it comparable to that in, in a way? Am I, am I making that connection? I'm going to say yes, probably. But actually, I think there's three different versions that are up for grabs right now. So uh, I don't actually know what you will be able to buy when you buy the ETF. But it's All just I know a, is it's going to be called the B, the Bitcoin ETF. <laughs> so so the value of the ETF is just going to be tied to the value of Bitcoin in in some form or fashion, and the hope is exactly. that the ETF will generate enough demand in Bitcoin to to drive the price up uh, to that three thousand or that nine thousand dollar mark. Right. And go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, and and as far as. As far as you know, the uh, I'm, I, hate, I hate using this term, but like the liberty movement is concerned, or you know, uh, us at the anarchist experience, uh, what what do you think that means as far as you know our ability to to stay out of the system by trading Bitcoin uh, when we have you know the the system infiltrating the coin itself now? Um, to, to me, Bitcoin doesn't matter if if the system gets involved in it or not. Um, because 
the whole thing about Bitcoin is that you can't print more of them. And even if the government gets involved, they can't print more of them. So um, that's the reason to hold it and and trade it. And that's pretty much it. Um, if you want uh, more of a digital cash, I would look at Monero or uh, there's a new one, Zcash or something like that. I can't remember. But... Um, it's a, it's yeah, an old one repackaged as a new one, Zcash. Or Zcoin or Z, I can't even remember. Yeah. Like I said, there's there's a pri- another private one that just came out I, a couple months ago. If I remember correctly, Zcash used to be called like Zerocoin or one of those. And then they kind of like it, disappeared and then reappeared as Zcash. It's, it's complicated. The, la- it the latest one is totally totally from scratch. Well, okay. not really, but sort of. <laughs> I've got one. Launched it, so. I've got one more general question regarding Bitcoin as the price goes up. Now, one of the one of the things that Bitcoin was um, pushed as again with within the community um, was that it's something for uh, foreigners, right, to be able to get out of their national currency as well, right? Like when you're talking about sure. uh, when we talked about on the show, like the people of Venezuela, um, you know, with, with their currency crashing and, and, you know, devaluing on an hourly basis to, you know, to get out of that and get into Bitcoin as soon as possible. So they have some sort of currency to buy and sell and trade with, uh, you know, as, as their economy tanks. Uh, and then I, I read an article very briefly on Bitcoin and they were talking about the, the, the transaction fees um, getting to the point of outrageousness uh, compared to what they used to be. Um, as, and, you know, as far as, you know, the mining fees and whatnot and how that's impacting, um, you know, the, the ability for some of these less wealthy nations and, and their citizens uh, to, to get into and to use the currency. Uh, so my question is, if, if, we, if we push, if, if the ETF pushes the price of Bitcoin into the 3000 or the $9,000 range, um, does that isolate those poor uh, uh, poor people from the, the poor nations from getting into it? And if so, aside from Zcash and Monero, what, what can they transition to um, to get away from their national currencies? Yeah, well, they can transition to any of the other uh, currencies, but I would, I would say yes and no for the, the if, it, if it rises in value, um, most likely what will happen is more people will get involved in it, and when that happens, there's more uh, transactions that happen on the blockchain and the transactions is what actually drives up the cost because you can only fit so many transactions on each block, right? Right. So um, so that is what drives up the fee because if you want your transaction on on that particular block, like you, know, you want it right away to happen, which most people want it to be instantaneous, then you have to put in a fee to make that happen. Uh, otherwise, okay. it might not get in there. So... So that's what's raising the, the cost is and the I, amount of transactions. And I've brought this up on the show before, and I you know you, you've answered it for me before. But w- with regards to that, right? I one one of my sources of of show prep for the show is like Reddit, right? And every just about every other Bitcoin thread on Reddit is, oh my God, it's been hours or it's been days or it's been weeks, and my transaction still hasn't been confirmed yet. What happened to my Bitcoin? Right. So, so if these poor, if these, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of like the poor merchant in Venezuela or, you know, some sub-Saharan Africa or whatever, right. And then they like, they sell their product or their service uh, to someone using Bitcoin. And then, and because they can't afford the transaction fee to get it on the blockchain, they're just in limbo getting paid for three weeks. Is that, you know, 
I, I don't want to uh, phrase it like this, I, I but is that acceptable in, in this would, day and age? I would say it, it probably happens. Um, and I wouldn't say uh, Bitcoin is perfect yet. They're still working on that uh, that sort of bug. So Monero kind of looked ahead of that problem and and, and uh, took care of that. And so they have a dynamic block size. So if there's a whole bunch of transactions, then the block size will increase automatically okay. uh, to to hold everybody. So um, yeah, so they're they're working on that. The Bitcoin core team and another one. There's a whole lot of uh, drama involved in that, and I'm glad I'm not really a part of it. Um, to increase or not to, increase the block size. Yeah, it's you know, I I don't I don't really care about that aspect of it so much like i'm i'm kind of already moved on you know past bitcoin so i'm a i'm well yeah but the etf a, is all the rage like when's the monero etf then mc where's the zcash etf uh, when yeah hopefully never but um you know whatever happens it's fine um yeah so for for bitcoin I, right now i'm just trying to get in for this week and then hopefully in a couple weeks I'll get out that's pretty much it so some quick cash on the ETF yeah yeah alright that's fair um, I, I don't and nothing against Bitcoin I think it's going to be uh, I guess you're not a holder rel- it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be relevant for you know the next 10 years probably even though that there's others you know up and coming so you know, once once Monero gets up to like five per ten, five or ten percent of Bitcoin's value, then uh, then you know, then a lot more people will, will start taking notice of it. Right now, it's you know still under a billion. Uh, so the other one that got over a billion that was Ethereum, and to me that's a lot of hype. But they have a lot of developers and stuff that are interested in it, and that's that's what's really driving it is people that are smarter than I am that think this thing has an actual use which I haven't seen yet so I'll just wait until I see something <laughs> that, that's also a tough spot to put yourself in if, you, if you're like if you're waiting for the people smarter than you to do something so you can follow suit right because a lot of times they're pretending to be smarter than you but they're really not they don't know anything more than you can possibly know and they just you know they're the authority figure is not necessarily the authority on things well it is a new frontier, so you know there's that they're gaining interest. There, I mean, if if you want, if you're into cryptocurrency and beyond that, uh, programming uh, for you know blockchain uses that just weren't possible before. Um, you know, the next the next couple of years is going to be really telling. You know. <laughs> it's going to be the start of something big, you know. Just just like Bitcoin was the start of uh, blockchain technology, Ethereum could be the start of uh, you know distributed applications. So, all right, well, we'll wait and see. Then. Anything else going on? I haven't seen it yet. I, like like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't invest in anything I didn't understand at least a little bit, and I don't understand understand Ethereum. I do understand Monero a little bit. And I, I like its vision and its use case, which is the only relevant use case to me, which is cash. <laughs> it's, uh, the, there's there's a, a war on cash. I think you've heard about it. Um, 
uh, banks around the world and governments around the world are are trying to get everybody on credit cards and uh, they're trying to get rid of cash uh, because they can track everybody easier. Um, so I think Monero is a important uh, addition to the economy in that in that way. See, and unfortunately, I am back. I am back on that plastic bandwagon. Um, did I tell you this either on or off the air, MZ? Like I, um, I, I was cash only for like, uh, like four and a half years, um, mm-hmm. beca- because I, I ran into some like credit issues with my credit cards. And although I was paying off, like I was paying them down. Here's the thing. I was paying them down and I called customer service and I said, Hey, I'm paying this down. I'm making payments. I may not be making minimum payments, but I'm making payments. Just, you know, don't, don't close the account or don't cancel the account and send it to collections because that's unnecessary. Then they're going to get the money. You're not going to get the money. And like, I'd rather, you know, I know I fucked up, but you know, work with me and I'll work with you. Um, and then they didn't. So I, you know, I, I didn't feel as bad. Uh, towards the end, but because of that, uh, I went cash only for like four and a half years um, until this past November. I think I told you this part of the story, like when when me and my wife went out and we bought uh, her an iPad Pro from Best Buy, like Black Friday weekend. Um, and at that time, you know they they offered me a credit card, and I, I said I don't think I'm going to qualify. You know I've had one before, but I don't I don't really think so. And then they went boom, hey you got credit. I was shocked. Um, and I, and so I accepted it. I was like, all right, well, might as well. I'll, I'll take it. Um, but I, I was telling the story to a buddy of mine and, uh, and, you know, in telling it, I was like, yeah, it's like they don't even understand what happened the last time they did this, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> so when, when I told him the story, I was like, you know, when, when they offered me the credit card at Best Buy, you know, I was like, sure, I'll take another free TV, you know, <laughs> Like, I, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna extend the offer and I you know I'm not gonna be able to pay it down, then you know, oops on you for for you know being a bad lender. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen this time. Like I've been since November, I've been pretty good about watching it and, and paying it off. That being said, um, I now use it for everything, right? Because because it's a you know one of those rewards points cards or whatever. Um, yep. Where uh, for things that I used to pay cash for, uh, I now just swipe the card, and I go like, "Holy shit, I got a lot more cash!" And I look at the credit card, and I'm like, "Oh goddamn, I got to pay this thing." Um, but yeah, they they you know with 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 one approval, right? They've roped me right back in, right? You know, like even even going to the gas station to put like a buck fifty in a moped, it's like swoop, you know, track this, you know, but give me my points because I want free stuff later. So I totally understand that whole like war on cash, um, but, but I still keep cash around. Like you know, if, if for uh, for purchases that need to be done in cash, um, you know, I, I have it on hand and available. And for purchases like you know that uh, it will get me points or whatever, um, I also have that available now too. But I totally get the whole war on cash, and I feel ba- I feel bad uh, for for reparticipating in the plastic economy. I forget where is that. It might have been like Walmart. You know, I like I swiped it. They're like, oh, I can't swipe it. I'm like, I swiped it again. They're like, you got to insert it with the chip. I'm like, I don't, I don't really like this whole chip thing. Can I just, you know, swipe it? And I'm like, nope, chip, chip. If it has a chip, you got to chip it. I'm like, oh crap. And then I went someplace and it had like the chip machine, so I put it in. They're like, oh, that chip doesn't work. You need to swipe. I'm like, oh, god, you know, will you just take cash? <laughs> Can I just pay in cash already? 
but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I've always been a big fan of cash. I've always been a big fan of metals. Um, but just, you know, the, the, the appeal to free, to free stuff later. Right. And I, um, uh, and I was talking to a buddy of mine about this. I told him about this like years ago when he was looking at, uh, cause he, he was only operating with like one or two credit cards. Um, and I was like, dude, you're doing this wrong. Like you of all people, you have much better credit than me. You know, you should have like a card for all seasons type of a thing. Cause that's how my mom does it. And just recently he's like you know planning his honeymoon um and he's like oh man how do you know what are we going to do how are we going to like pay for the hotel and pay for the rent a car and pay for the flights and i was like you should get a points card you know get 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 one of those you know special special cards that work on hotels or whatever um and so he did he's like this is fantastic like it's basically almost a hundred percent paid off and i didn't really like spend anything you know above and beyond his like normal purchases and um, because of the business that he's in, he just like had all of his employees use the card for, you know, business purchases, which built up all the points and got into the free stuff. He's like, I should have been doing this a long time ago. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you should have because, because you pay off the entire balance every month and it's never a problem, right? Like I'm the guy that should be cash only for, you know, at least the time being, um, but yeah, you know, the, 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 the incentives and the enticements for using credit, like, you know, if he was paying everything cash, you don't get all those bonuses, right? You get, you get a whole bunch of free stuff as, as long as you manage it, right? Um, so, it, you know, but the, 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 pe- the penalty you pay, right, the cost of, of all those benefits is, you know, like you said, they, they track you, they know where you are, they know what you spend your money on, they know what your financial situation is and all this other stuff. And, you know, sometimes it's okay as long as, you know, like me, right, you have the, the underground backdoor, you know, way to pay for things that, you know, uh, matter a little bit more. MC? Right on. I think we should get into headlines. All right. Now, as we get into headlines, um, bear in mind that for me, it's been like a short week as far as, you know, putting together show prep. So I don't have as many headlines as you usually do, but hopefully we'll get through as many as we usually do because we don't usually get through them all. Uh, Starting with headlines. Uh, Immigration court paralyzed by case volume as 300 judges face 530,000 pending cases. Uh, Headline. Good Samaritan cleared of criminal charges, yet fined anyway? Headline. Florida's government built the train... And it didn't go well. Uh, Headline, Trump assumes command of the American church. Headline, transition problems and costs. And finally, headline, uh, four takeaways from the WikiLeaks Vault 7 CIA leak. Uh, Any place in particular you want to start this week, MC? Um, Not anywhere you want to start. Um, Maybe maybe CIA leak, since it's... Brand new happening? Yeah, yeah. It's the most relevant thing going on right now. This is one of those like, you know, oh my god. As I, you know, usually I do the show prep ahead of time. This time, like right up into the wire. So this is run right up into the wire. It just got just came out today, uh, kind of a leak. Uh, four takeaways from the WikiLeaks Vault Seven CIA leak, and I don't think it's in the article here, but I just want to say like I read another article about this, and it was the CIA's uh, collection of really bad memes. And the question was like, why are they, why are they stashing? Why is there a database of bad memes? Um, for another <laughs> time, perhaps, <laughs> but funny. Um, so WikiLeaks, 
Uh, Vault 7 CIA leaks. WikiLeaks released Vault 7 this morning, consisting of what WikiLeaks says is the largest ever publication of confidential documents on the CIA. More than 8,000 documents detailing various CIA cyber warfare and electronic surveillance activities. WikiLeaks says it is the only the first of a set of documents to be released, with more to follow as the organization is able to verify and analyze more documents. WikiLeaks has promoted the Vault 7 disclosures for some time. The documents were released under the title Year Zero. They contain 7,818 web pages and 943 attachments from a development group where used by CIA engineers and included previous versions of many pages. Uh, WikiLeaks says that while the President Trump's executive order calling for a cyber war review did not influence the timing, it did increase the timeliness and relevance of the publication. WikiLeaks noted in its extensive press release that while it highlighted some of the major findings from the documents released so far, more research and investigation would uncover more. Number one, the CIA developed malware for iPhone and Android as well as Windows, OS X, Linux, and Internet servers. According to WikiLeaks, the documents show that the CIA has a specialized unit specifically for stealing data from Apple products like the iPhone and iPad, and another unit for Google's Android mobile operating system. These units created malware based on zero-day exploits that the companies that developed the compromised systems are not aware of. While after the Edward Snowden disclosures, the Obama administration promised to share shuts exploits with agencies like the National Security Agency discovered them, WikiLeaks said the documents it released shows that has not been the case. Such hoarding, as, it note, as, is, as is noted by WikiLeaks, and has been long noted by critics of cyber war tactics, can exacerbate security risks. And exploit the CIA, any exploit the CIA can use to compromise a U.S. system foreign powers can also. The malware the CIA has developed for iPhone and Android follows phones allow, according to WikiLeaks, the CIA to bypass the encryption of WhatsApp, Signal, Telegram, Weibo, Confide, and Cloakman, and hacking the smartphones that they run on and collecting audio and message traffic before encryption is applied. This doesn't mean that the CIA has cracked the encryption of any specific application, but rather it has made such encryption obsolete for phones that is able to compromise with its malware. According to WikiLeaks, other CIA efforts targeted Microsoft Windows, Linux, and Internet infrastructure and web servers. WikiLeaks also detailed efforts by the CIA to develop a fake-off uh, mode to use on Samsung's, Samsung smart televisions in order to turn them into effective surveillance devices, as well as conceptual efforts toward taking remote control of smart vehicles. Number two. The CIA has a menu of hacking tools for its assets to use, as well as fingerprints of other states. Uh, a questionnaire under the program Fine Dining allows CIA case officers to identify their specific needs and receive hacking tools tailored to them. The list of possible targets include assets, liaison assets, system administrator, foreign information operations, foreign intelligence agencies, and foreign government entities. Notably absent, WikiLeaks points out, is any reference to extremists or transnational criminals. The CIA's Umbridge Group also keeps a substantial library of attack techniques stolen from malware uh, produced in other states, WikiLeaks notes, hopefully adding that in, that includes Russia. Such a library of digital fingerprints which WikiLeaks compares to a distinctive knife wound could help misdirect attribution. Questions over just how Russia-specific purported Russia's just how Russia-specific purported Russia-specific telltale signs in the DNC hacked were fueled, much of the suspicion about the certainty of the accusations against Russia. Number three, 
The archive WikiLeaks released was likely passed around among former U.S. hackers and contractors. Uh, WikiLeaks warns that the CIA lost control of the majority of attacking arsenal, including malware, viruses, trojans, weaponized zero-day exploits, malware remote control systems, and associated documentation. And the documents it was publishing it had received from a former U.S. government hacker or contractor, a community within which the documents had been previously circulation. There is an extreme proliferation risk in the development of cyber weapons, WikiLeaks noted in its press release. Comparisons can be drawn between the uncontrolled proliferation of such weapons, which results from the inability to contain them combined with their high market value and the global arms trade. According to WikiLeaks, the documents it released were not considered classified information because the nature of malware requires code to be left on target computers. Handling classified information in such way is prohibited. Number four. The CIA appears to have duplicated the NSA's cyber warfare efforts to avoid information sharing. According to WikiLeaks, for years the CIA had been developing its own substantial fleet of hackers, one that has freed it from having to disclose its often controversial operations to the NSA, its primary bureaucratic rival, in order to draw on the NSA's hacking capacities. The CIA, WikiLeaks explained, had created, in effect, its own NSA with even less accountability and without publicly answering the questions as to whether such a massive budgetary spend on duplicating the capacities of its rival agencies could be justified. It calls to mind the quote from the 1996 film Contact, First rule in government spending, why build one when you can have two at twice the price, especially if it's secret. Uh, so your thoughts, MC, on the... Uh, on these four takeaways uh, from the the WikiLeaks CIA release. Um, I don't know, like if anybody was actually surprised or not. Like to me, um, maybe because I'm a conspiracy theorist or something like that. I already kind of uh, kind of thought this was the case anyway. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> so now it's official. We're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, yeah. Ho- hopefully, uh, you know, people will be able to patch themselves against all this uh, nonsense. But yeah, who knows? It, it you know, it, it draws to mind if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, <clears throat> not the movie itself, but I went to see uh, Logan this morning with a coworker. And I'm not going to get into the movie because I, I, you know, no spoilers or anything like that. But they showed a preview for, like, I guess the upcoming movie, The Circle, or something to that effect. Um, did you happen to catch this preview in in any of your outings, MC, by any chance? Circle. I don't remember it. Okay, don't worry about it then. It's it's like brand new. It's like Emma Watson and Tom Hanks. Um, and uh, the brief synopsis is this particular company, you know, ha- has a motto of you know. Uh, why know something when you can know everything? Uh, and it's basically like the the surveillance society to the extreme. Like the circle, the company, monitors everything, knows everything um, before you even think you know it type of a thing. And uh, af- after we watched the preview, uh, I, I leaned over to my coworker and I said, this movie would be really creepy if it wasn't already true, Right. Um, and so, you know, we have like the, this type of, of thing come out where, you know, they're monitoring, they got hackware, malware, you know, viruses and all this other stuff. 
uh, and they're sharing it with God knows who and, you know, running their own stuff. And it just, it's another step, like they said, with the NSA, where they're just, they're just watching everything. They know everything. They know everything before you think you know it. Uh, because they've hacked your phone before you ever sent the message, right? You know, if they're if they're if they're getting if they're uh, what is the word I'm looking for? If they're intercepting the message before it has time to be encrypted and sent out, you know, to to the other party, right? Then then it's basically like a little mini keylogger where they already know what you're planning to type and already typing it out before you actually have the thought to send it. And it's kind of creepy, right. you know, to to know that you know. Although one 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 thing missing right is like I didn't did it say Windows Phone? It's like in, uh, iPhone and Android, Windows, OS X, Linux, and Internet service. So if you've got a, like a BlackBerry or a Windows Phone, you know you're you're in the clear as far as the CIA is concerned. So <laughs> I, w- I wonder if that's a, a a backwards direction way to go. Um, but yeah, just just knowing that they have that capability and that they've been using it for you know however long. Um, isn't too much of a surprise just more confirmation and like see we told you so we told you that you know if uh, like i said what ernest hancock always says is you know if if they can do it then they are right if if whatever worst case scenario you can think of and it's it's a possible uh, it's a possibility based on the current technology then that's what they're going to use it for Right, so you get you got all this, and they're using it for bad things and doing God knows what to God knows who, um, and hopefully you're not caught in the crossfire. Um, but just knowing that they have this capability means that the, yeah, yeah, confirmation right now that that's how they were using it. So, so one that is also listed that we didn't talk about yet was uh, the ability to take over somebody's car, and and uh, I, see, I heard about that a long time ago, so I don't, you know, yeah. to me, all this stuff is not still not a surprise, but. Um, so the the, they the demonstrated conspiracy that. theory was the the conspiracy theory was that the government took over uh, Michael Hastings' car and crashed it, and then there was like a an explosive device under it or something that that made the engine uh, fly out of <laughs> the car and land like a hundred feet away or something. Um, so you know. I don't know if he if he if that was true or not, but you know, I just I just wouldn't be surprised, you know. Especially since that guy was uh, going after the, the CIA and right, uh, it, it still would be our, a conspiracy theory. Government. It still would be a conspiracy theory to to suggest that that that's what happened in his car wreck. But what's not a conspiracy theory because it has been demonstrated is the ability to take over a car remotely, um, you know, from 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 distance, right? And one of the reasons why that that's made possible. Um, is the move away from mechanics in cars uh, in favor of electronics in cars. Uh, so th- there's something to be said about old cars and mechanical technology, right, that you just you can't duplicate in new cars with their uh, electronic technology, right? In an old car, when you, when you press the brake, you know, the, 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 there was, you know the, the pedal was attached to a lever, and the lever, like, squeezed the brake like a bike. Think of it like a bicycle. You know, you, like, you squeeze it, and the brakes get depressed and whatever. And then in the new cars, right, the ones that they can hack into now, uh, the, the, the brake pedal is more of like an electronic button or a switch, right, which sends a signal to the electronic mechanism in the car to depress the brakes. And if the signal's not sent, then the brakes don't work. Or if the signal's intercepted, you know, then the brakes, you know, don't function as intended because it's no longer the lever mechanism, uh, you know, the same with the engine, right? Like... Uh, uh, I had some car issues some months ago, maybe a year ago, in fact, 
um, where like I stepped on the gas pedal and nothing happened. The gas pedal just like went poof, poof right to the floor and no, no power generated to the car at all. Um, and when we had our mechanic friend look at it, he lifted up the hood and he put like a little hook back into place and like, you know, tighten it a little bit. Um, because the, the lever, right. The, the little, the little piece of, of, I'm going to say string, but you know, metal piece of wiring, uh, that went from the pedal, uh, to, to the intake, right. Had popped off somehow in, in you know, be, because I, I'm heavy footed, I guess. Um, but it was, it was a mechanical issue, right? It's not something that I needed to go to take into the electronic shop and find out, you know, why this input isn't activating this output. It was, no, no, you just, you put the hook back on and then when you press the pedal, it pulls the, the string again, right? You know, so again, something to be said for old cars, no one's going to hack that in my car, right? I, I may have to worry about, you know, like, you know, getting in and turning the ignition and having a bomb go off, right? Because everyone's seen that in movies. But there's no way they're going to, like, remotely hack into my vehicle uh, and, may, and make where they, they control the, the gas and the brake and the steering. Whereas in, in the new cars, you know, like, uh, was it Michael Hastings? You know, it's, it's not only possible, demonstrated to be true, um, and then, and you know, like, again, I, I quote Ernest Hancock, if, if they can do it, if they can do it, then they're doing it, right? So it's, it's a, still a conspiracy theory because there's no hard evidence. Um, but if they can hack into your car and make it crash, you know, while you're investigating them, then, you know, almost guaranteed that that's what they're going to do if, if they need to get rid of you. Your thoughts? Um, yeah, so I guess the only big news is that it was an official part of their uh, operating protocol. They have that as one of their tools. Um, so it's not just that they can do it, it's that they, they planned on doing it. Um, the other thing is there was, a, there was another guy uh, in, in Russia, actually. He, he was one of uh, Putin's security guards or something like that. And there's, there's video of him just going, going down the, the exit ramp. And then all of a sudden veering left into oncoming traffic and just, you know, plowing into people. And, uh, so they, what know, would compel him to it, do such a thing? It's, yeah, it's highly suspicious that, that some, you know, top level, uh, security guy is going to just, you know, all of a sudden just do that. It's, it's very fishy, but, uh, yeah. So scary stuff. All right. Shall we move on? Yep. We'll do, I have to we'll turn do. off my Samsung TV now. I have to physically unplug it. <laughs> is it a smart TV? Is it your new smart TV? It's it's a Samsung smart TV. See, okay, so we we get into we get into the smart TV thing. Sorry uh, to to bring it back. We get into the smart TV thing, and everyone's you know everyone acknowledges that that could be an issue. Um, and then we get into like the Internet of Things, you know, and uh, causing um, DDoS attacks. Um, because they're, they're insecure devices, right? And people accept that as a thing, right? They go, oh, yeah, of course, you know, you got all this stuff connected to the internet and, you know, things, they, they can be used for, for, you know, malicious things and whatever, right? Are, are you, are you with me so far? I'm seeing, am I saying anything out of place? Cause I'm about to go crazy. Sounds right. Sounds right. Okay, good. So like a couple years ago, two, three years ago, right? Alex Jones flips out and goes, they're watching you through your light bulbs. And it, it's, <laughs> and it sounds crazy, right? Like how the, you know, my, my light bulbs are okay. But, but what he was referring to 
right? Where where these new fin- fandangled internet uh, internet censored light bulbs that uh, you know go to your Wi-Fi and you can turn them off from your app or whatever. And he was concerned at the time about their their ability, uh, you know, to use these light bulbs as a surveillance tool, uh, and and to control your house by you know hacking into it. And back then, right, he sounded nuts. And I, I'm not saying that Alex Jones is always right, uh, or that he should, you know, be, or that or that he's credible in any form or fashion, right? But a lot of things, uh, a lot of things that he's concerned about, uh, everyone else gets concerned about later, you know. Like he was, he he foresaw this as being a problem, you know, two three years ago when they first had the smart light bulbs, uh, and everyone went, "Calm down, Alex. They're not gonna they're not gonna hack your light bulbs. Like they don't." They don't care enough whether or not you get up at like three o'clock in the morning because your light bulb. And you're like, don't even worry about it, right? And now this, right? And and now we're right where we're right where Alex Jones anticipated us being, uh, you know, with with the Internet of Things and smart devices and all this nonsense where they can hack in and surveil you, um, where you got to worry about, you know, is is my TV watching me or am I watching my TV, right? Is it listening to me? Is it off when it's really on? Right, it's it's like those uh the, those computers that they gave out to like elementary school kids where they they could remote access the camera and they were like spying on 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 kids, you know when when they were like in the room just because they didn't turn off their computer, right? And everyone was like, no, they no, they wouldn't they wouldn't do that. And then like you know a couple years later, it's like, oh yeah, even Mark Zuckerberg puts a black piece of tape over his camera on his laptop, right? Because of course they're doing it. Right, of course, you know, if they wouldn't put the technology in there if they weren't going to do it. If you can do the bad things, then they're doing it, right? If they can hack your TV so it's listening to you, uh, as I sit here staring at my, you know, my Connect for my Xbox, right? Which, well, what a silly idea that was. Because <laughs> that was a concern, yeah, right? It's, a, it's got a camera on it and it's connected. Now, I, I will say this with my friend. He said, "He said, don't trust Google. Don't use Google. Use Bing." I'm like, "Are you serious? You, you think Microsoft is any more secure than than, than Google?" <laughs> I just, I don't know. Whatever. Well, the the only good thing I the only solace I take away from that is it's uh, it's for my Xbox 360, um, and I, mm-hmm. I don't have it connected to the internet at all right now. So like there there's I un- unless the Xbox 360 Connect itself uh, is you know uh, wired for internet. You know, with with some remote connection, I'm not too concerned. You, you never know; it might it might just get up, walk over <coughs> to the internet connection, and plug itself in. Yeah, I wish because then I could I could get back on Xbox Live, but it doesn't. So it just you know, it's, <laughs> it would be it would be a concern if that was the case. And I'm sure for a lot of people, who, <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> a lot of people who still have it connected, like in the living room, connected, either wired or wirelessly with you know whatever system that that you got. Right, if it's if it can if 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 they can hack it and turn it on remotely, then yes, it's totally spying on you, right? Even the Amazon Echo, right? You listen to like you know the tech experts and they go, ah, it just it's just listening for keywords, man. They're not it's not really like listening to you. It's just you know when you say Echo, it wakes up and then it and then it commands, but it's not it's not recording anything that you that you're looking for. It's not like recording everything that you say. There's no database. Uh, until like some guy gets uh, accused of murder and they subpoena Amazon to get the recordings of his echo, right? To see what conversations were being held in his room uh, prior to the events, right? They go, huh? So they do have it, 
right? Like whether whether or not they're going to turn it over in a warrant, you know, be due to a warrant, or whether or not they're going to, you know, uh, comply with a subpoena. Uh, the mere fact that they're asking for it, right? And Amazon's like not saying no, we don't, we just don't do that, right? Means that they're doing it. So if if you got like an Echo device or any of those, you know, Google Home devices uh, sitting <laughs> sitting with the microphone always on, there's no reason why they can't. And there's no reason why they wouldn't be able to uh, to record everything that you say or everything that's going on inside, you know, w- with the device. And then either, you know, purging it later if nothing's found or submitting it to a, a bigger database. Right. I know that, you know, uh, wh- where I used to work, they had surveillance cameras. Right. And the, there was a, the, the DVR that it was connected to for the boss had like a, a two week uh, recording period um, before it would overwrite itself. Right. So he had, you know, so anything to have. So anytime we screwed up at work, it's like, all right, just be perfect for the two weeks and then he'll never review the tape. Right. It'll be like being gone for good. Like, all right, <laughs> no mistakes for two weeks. You know, after a big screw up, right after a big screw up, it's like no mistakes for two weeks. Just don't let him find out for two weeks and then we're all good. Um, so it, it could be the same for, you know, like the echo or, or, you know, the connect or anything like that, where it's always recording. Uh, but there's a limit for how, you know, for how far back it goes and then it overwrites itself if no one comes knocking, uh, you know, requesting that information. Uh, but again, if it, if it can do it, you can better believe that it is doing it because there's no reason for them to not do it, um, you know, and, and just hold that information over you. And that being said, if you haven't, you know, if you haven't gone to see Logan, go see it. Uh, and if you need to see the preview for The Circle and just to see how creepy that movie is going to be, uh, you know, I'd, I'd suggest finding that online somewhere as well. Right on. Moving on? Yep. All right, I'm going to get into this one because I've I've suggested it in the past. Um, maybe even last week or the week before. I don't remember. Um, but in general, like, this has always been... This has been a thing that I've said to do. And, you know, I, I know we've talked about it for various other things before, MC. Uh, but here it is. Uh, immigration courts paralyzed. By case volume is 300 judges face 530,000 pending cases. Uh, As the president gets ready to sign a new immigration executive order today, uh, see our note here, uh, Trump to sign new executive order on travel bans today will exclude Iraq green card holders. Uh, And this article is from today. So this is definitely today, maybe just a little bit early. Uh, A group of overly burdened federal immigration judges are wondering whether they'll get additional support to tackle their already massive caseload, which is sure to only balloon further under Trump's new rules. (coughs) Excuse me. As the Associated Press points out, there are 58 immigration courts in 27 states around the country with a total of 301 judges. The problem, of course, is that those 301 judges already face a mountain of 534,000 pending immigration cases, which is likely to balloon even higher under Trump's administration. Uh, Of 374 authorized immigration judge positions, 301 are filled. 50 more candidates are in various stages of the hiring process, which which typically takes about a year, says Catherine Mandigan. Uh, Mattingly, excuse me, a spokeswoman for the Executive Office for Immigration Review. In all, more than 534,000 cases were pending before immigration courts nationwide in February, uh, according to a recent memo from Kelly. 
The massive backlog means that the processing errors are a common occurrence and ultimately just result in illegal immigrants getting a free pass to reside in the country even longer. Uh, the backlog and insufficient resources are problems stretching back at least a decade, said San Francisco immigration judge Dana Marks, speaking as the president of the National Association of Immigration Judges. It would be a shame if the mistakes of the past continue to be repeated, Mark said, citing previous attempts to ramp up enforcement without providing adequate resources to the courts. Uh, when asked if adding more cases to backlog could threaten the due process rights of non-citizens, uh, Mark said that it is the job of immigration judges to make sure that doesn't happen. But the pressures on the system certainly do allow more opportunities for errors to be made, she said. You try to do your best to hear things fairly, but also quickly, and there's always a tension between how you strike that balance. Of course, one way to relieve the court burden is to simply increase deportations without using the court system at all, a strategy that the American Civil Liberties Union Immigrants' Rights Project and the, 1, 000, and the thousands of immigrant immigration lawyers that earn a living filing appeal after appeal up in arms. Uh, advocates worry that the Trump administration will increase the use of procedures that allow authorities to deport people without using the court system at all. Instead of actually trying to make the courts better, they just want to use them even less, even though that is obviously that is deeply problematic from a due process standpoint, said Omar Jadwat, uh, director of the American Civil Liberties Union Immigrants uh, Civil Liberty Union Immigrants Rights Project. Melman agrees the system is broken, but says advocacy groups and lawyers who keep filing new motions and appeals are part of the problem. They understand that time works to their benefit, and the longer you can drag this out, the more bites at the apple you can get, the greater the likelihood is that you can find some plausible reason for remaining here in the United States, he said. Uh, meanwhile, as Ira Melman of the Federation for American Immigrants Reform notes, enforcing longer detention periods for illegal immigrants could also help clear out the case backlog, as it would inevitably lead to some people to, to view deportation as an attractive alternative to a lengthy trial. The increased use of detention could also lead immigrants with valid claims for staying in the U.S. to accept deportation, just to avoid periods of time in detention, Jedwat says. Uh, Ira Melman, spokesman for the Federation for American Immigrants Immigration Reform, which pushes for strict immigration policies, said the greater threat of detention could deter people from coming to the U.S. or encourage some who are here to leave. While it may cause the ACLU some heartburn, something tells us that the Trump administration will lean towards fewer trials as the preferred method for clearing out the case backlog facing immigration courts, as opposed to beefing up bureaucracy. Just a guess. Uh, so your, your thoughts on, on this, MC, about uh, backlogging the courts uh, for yet another issue, this time immigration, uh, in order to, to hopefully get this uh, travesty of a policy uh, revoked, overturned, or whatever? Yeah, wouldn't it be scary if government was efficient? <laughs> Indeed. So yeah, they, uh, you know, ho hopefully they keep failing, and uh, it's it's really sad that there's like whole industry built upon, you know, pe people trying to cross an imaginary line. Um, shouldn't have to have lawyers for that. 
you would think shouldn't have to have judges shouldn't have to have people you know uh you know flying your back across the border so that you can do it again um yeah it's just it's just such a waste um and and just like the the drug war i think they're going to lose the immigration war <laughs> one can only hope immigration immigration's going to win um but yeah a lot of people are going to get paid to play this stupid game so that's all it is to me I think one of the scarier parts of the article is where they said, you know, that there's a likelihood of the administration uh, utilizing other me- other mechanisms or methodologies to handle this uh, than due process, right? Because it, it, like, like it's as if the goal is to eliminate the due process proceedings from immigration itself and just just getting rid of them, right? Like, oh, no. You're oh, no yeah. longer entitled yeah. to a, a fail and fair and impartial trial. Uh, we know you're from Mexico, and so back to Mexico you go. Or we know you're from Guatemala, or so back to Guatemala you go, um, with, without due process and without a trial. And if they can, if they can sneak that in, right, if, and you know, and 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 make that a thing, right, where where you lose due process. Then where else? What's the next step for them as far as taking away the due process rights of other uh, people, right? Either in the world or you know, I want to say American citizens, but who really cares, right? If 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 they can do it for if for you know uh, non-citizen immigrants, well then of course, like you know, where else can they apply you know the lack of due process uh, to 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 either make an example out of someone or to send a message home or or anything like that? And I think that part. Um, is particularly scary. Hmm. Right. It's like everyone ends up in Guantanamo because, hey, you, you know, you, you, you're not entitled to a real trial. You just, we, we suspect you of this particular thing. Uh, and with this particular thing, you don't get due process. You just, you go into the gulag. Right. And then how many, how many things can they add to the list of things that you don't need to have due process for, you know, is, is my concern. Right. Anything else? I think they already they, they already oh wait no. I was gonna say they already have one. Like if they uh, what do you call it? In, indefinite detention. Oh yeah, the, 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 yeah. If oh. if you're if you're in contempt of court, uh, you you can be held indefinitely without trial until you acquiesce and concede and and play nice like there there is there is no there is no law regulation or statute or anything like that that judges must follow with regarding contempt of court charges it's just you're in contempt you're in jail and then when when you acknowledge us as your master then we'll we'll think about letting you out of course you know with fines and fees and all that on top but there's no rule that you know. There's no minimum term. There's no maximum term for that for that particular charge. Was that what you were thinking of? I th- I thought it was uh, related to if if they think you're a terrorist, they can detain you. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, well, that's the Guantanamo thing that I'm talking about. They they you yeah. know they they black bag you and take you away. 
and then you get you get a, a trial in front of like a, a military tribunal where you're not entitled to an attorney you're not in, you don't have any of the the, the rights um, that you would have in a in a in a normal court in either a criminal course uh, criminal court or a civil court uh, in the United States they like they that's one of the reasons why you get black bag to Guantanamo right because it's in Cuba uh, so none of the you know none of the American uh, human rights traditions apply um, because you're not here anymore. You're there, um, and they just they hold you. Uh, they like they've you know held uh, any number of uh, Americans and foreign citizens, um, whatever that term means to you, um, you know, without trial, just on the on the assumption or on the. Uh, the the threat that you could maybe possibly be a terrorist maybe one day soon. They go terrorist. We're holding you. Ship him to Cuba. That's where he belongs. Cuba. And then President Obama, right during you know his his uh, run up to being the president, his campaign was said we're going to close it down. And then eight years later, you know, guess who's got the keys to Guantanamo? <laughs> Good one, guys. Yeah, and uh, in case you didn't know, Donald Trump is using drones more than Obama did so far. At least, at least that's what the internet told me. I don't. And that's saying a lot. Me, but one of my one of my buddies we were talking today, and he's uh he's a he's a participant member i don't know what to call it of toastmasters are you familiar with toastmasters mc yep have you ever have you ever gone have you ever like gone and and participated or just familiar with it i have not participated i have gone though okay so he's um he's preparing like his his speech um and i i I don't remember the exact details of the of the topic at hand but it was basically like um you know five innovations uh, five human innovations that you know benefit humanity or whatever and then he's contrasting that with like you know five other things that are, are to the detriment of humanity um, and you know one of the you know one of the innovations that we we came up with was um, drone technology right you know the the ability to to you know to fly that uh, fly a drone you know unmanned or whatever um, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, aside from bombing brown people, right. You got companies like Amazon that are going to be using it for like, you know, delivery and photography and all this other stuff that you just, you, you know, you couldn't do before. Uh, and now you kind of can, even though, you know, the, the term drone has mixed connotations now, um, as far as the, you know, the military application and the quadcopter application, which I think is a better term, uh, just my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then we, he was, he had his other list and he was, you know, trying to contrast that with, you know, like what, what, what can we, what can we say about the drones? And on his list was like overpopulation. <laughs> I went right there. You got, you know, you got your overpopulation problem and then your drone solution, <laughs> right? You just, you just bomb the, the people you don't like and all of a sudden you reduce the population. So, <laughs> and it was, you know. It was uh, 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 an evil-minded joke, right? Not a, not in the best taste, um, but it took him a minute, you know, to, to figure out what I was getting at, and then it was funny. Um, and I still think it's funny, depending on your sense of humor. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just you, you take that technology and you just you just 
just eliminate the people you don't want willy-nilly, whether whether they be, uh, you know, foreigners, whether they be, you know, families at a wedding party, um, whether they be authorized by the president to, to assassinate an American citizen and his family, right? And then you put that in, into, you know, you, you put that technology and that authority uh, into uh, a, a maniac, uh, a very intelligent, smart, rich maniac um, like Donald Trump, and you can easily, you know, you can easily foresee uh, things getting worse, right? You can easily foresee, like, oh, you know, you know, if they if they don't want to comply, if if they don't want to come to the table and deal, right? If if they're not willing to negotiate anything with, you know, God Emperor Trump himself, well, then yeah, we got, you know, because we've got the bombs, okay, you know, and and he's, you know, he's the type of person is like you you either negotiate with him or he takes you out. And I think it's fair to say that based on, you know, based on what you're saying, NC, and based on his track record of, you know, um, was it was he bombing Syria last week or whatever, uh, that he's okay using it, right? He, he, you know, whatever, whatever qualms people thought he had about, you know, being at war uh, because it's not good for business, uh, obviously didn't take into account that sometimes war is good for business. And if you've got a businessman, you know, he's going to do what's best for him, Um and so this this is the result, right? You either you either deal with him or you you know or he punishes you, right? It's 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 not even about you know punishing your enemies. It's punishing anyone who disagrees with the God Emperor himself, in whatever manner that that suits him best. Any more thoughts? Uh, no, I think we only got a couple minutes left. All right. We'll get into this last article then because I think it's short. Uh, Good Samaritan cleared of criminal charges, yet fined anyway? In the wake of a severe snowstorm last December, Pocatello, Idaho resident Mitch Fisher acted when city maintenance workers didn't by clearing the sidewalks in front of his home and that of an elderly neighbor. This act was witnessed by a police officer who in obedience to the universal government mandate to harass productive people without cause, issued Fisher a $206 citation for placing or depositing material on a public right-of-way. And breaking into the article, that's right, he moved the snow from the sidewalk to the street uh, and, and incurred a $206 citation. Reading back in. Of course, city-operated snowplows in Pocatello and other communities routinely deposit material from city streets onto private property. After the story was publicized, Police Chief Scott Marchand defended the actions of his revenue farmers, claiming that Fisher had created a safety issue for all drivers on the road, and stating that he hadn't directed officers who were investigating complaints or who observed people moving snow from private property into city streets to issue citations. Fisher had plowed his neighbor's yard every year during the past nine winters without attracting the attention of the local tax gatherers. Uh, The story attracted national attention and no small measure of public outrage. Uh, For the past two weeks, he has been fighting the citation with the help of attorney Paul Echo Hawk, who took the case pro bono. Earlier this week, the charges against Fisher were dismissed. Uh, For what he was trying to do, I didn't feel like he deserved criminal punishment, Echo Hawk explained. However... Since government officials can never concede that they were in the wrong, the court still managed to extort a $75 uh, fine as punishment for the Good Samaritan's actions. 
your thoughts on this, MC, uh, uh, being fined, uh, fine, you know, uh, dropping the charges, and still getting paid? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's everything the the government does is ridiculous, and uh, I, I think they can't help it. It's like it's like we 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 have this this hammer and and, and we can hit it on the desk and it it can make fines uh, appear. So they do it and. That's all they know how to do. And where where was that cop, you know, to help out the old lady shovel her driveway, right? And how many, I wonder if they can file lawsuits, you know, when the snow plows from the city goes through and they get their, their you know, driveway littered uh, from public snow, right? Maybe the, maybe the snow plows so. need to vacuum it up and take it back to the dump or for some snow depository so as not to infringe on the private property rights of individual citizens. How about that? Where's another, the lawyer taking on that thing, class action? Another thing they can do to clog up the courts, I guess. <laughs> Why not? Right? That's the you, you know that's my big thing. If if there's some lawyer willing to take on a class action suit to sue the city for littering every time you know the street sweeper deposits some dust in your yard, or in this case the snowplow or anything like that, you know just go ahead and file the suit. File it, file it over again, and if they don't want to do a class action, file it individually for every single citizen, uh, you know, on a particular roadway uh, to get the message across that, you know, uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander uh, when you live in a, a righteous society uh, as opposed to what we live in where there's one group of people uh, held above and beyond the rest of us, uh, and those are the ones that, you know, work for the state and worship the government. Final thoughts, MC? Buy some Bitcoin. It's going up. Quick, quick. Who knows? <laughs> Probably up quite a bit before it like settles in at a new p- plateau, if I had to guess. All right, that's All right, it. I like uh, that guess. What's that? I like that's that ki- guess. It's kind of been what it does, right? It goes like it skyrockets. And then they go, holy shit, it's got a course correct. And then the course correct's like down substantially, but not to the levels that it was before. And then it like settles in and then skyrockets again. I mean, right on. That that's, you know, that's my limited understanding. I'm sure the charts will back me up on this. Um, but whatever, mm-hmm. that, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's what my experience has been when I see reports like that. So get in, get some Bitcoin before the ETF and then get out quick and get back into Monero. Uh, That'll do it for us this week. Uh, you know, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you were listening live, if, if you're listening on the podcast, hopefully we'll be the same time live next week. Uh, all signs point to yes, uh, but we'll see. Uh, you know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com. Uh, join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. If you want to join in on discussion, join the group. Why not? Uh, what else are we going to do? Uh, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. And if you want to contribute financially to the show, because we love getting those dollars, uh, we do that through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchistexperience. Thank you very, very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. <laughs>